So the way I look at it right now, there's probably three different types of like sports gaming atmospheres, right? You have traditional gambling, you have sort of this daily fantasy aspect, and then you have this year-long fantasy side of it. And those are kind of the three main categories right now. We want to add a fourth category to that, right? We want to add the symbol stock market for sports as a category in its own. Hey, this is Jesse here, and welcome to episode 37 of the Betting Startups Podcast, where I'm joined by Ken from Symbol, which is the stock market for sports. We cover lots of ground in our conversation, including how Ken came up with the idea for a sports stock market, his journey iterating the product and business during his time in the Techstars Sports Accelerator, and how he's thinking about the fundraising environment as he finalizes plans to raise a $1.5 million seed round this fall. Ken was an awesome guest, and I really hope you enjoyed this episode. But before we get started, I want to remind you that our newsletter, aptly titled The Betting Startups Newsletter, is the easiest way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of the betting industry's early stage ecosystem. The August issue was just released and it was jam-packed with lots of headlines as industry startups gear up for the start of NFL. Check it out and subscribe by going to news.bettingstartups.com. Now, onto the episode with Ken and Symbol. All right, here we are back yet again with episode 37 of the Betting Startups podcast. And for this one, I'm joined by Ken from Symbol. Ken, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Good. I appreciate you having me on, Jesse. As I was saying, uh, you know, I'm an avid listener of the show. So excited to get Symbol uh, on your show and talk about what we're up to. Awesome. Really looking forward to diving in. You guys are up to some interesting stuff. So really looking forward to unpacking it all. Uh, maybe just to start off with Kenneth, just for folks listening that might not be familiar with yourself, wondering if you can give us a quick introduction, maybe share a few chapters of your journey up until the co-founding of Symbol. Yeah, absolutely. So my background uh, before Symbol, uh, before you know, founding Symbol, I actually worked as an actuary. Uh, so fun fact, not a lot of people know what actuaries do. So for your audience, I'll give a quick snippet. Uh, basically, at most actuaries work for insurance companies and design investment-related products, whether that be life insurance, uh, annuities, uh, anything like that. So that was my background with designing investment-related products, basically doing a mixture of you know statistical analysis with investments, you know, kind of a combination of math and business. So that was my background. I got a degree in that. Um, I graduated from the University of St. Thomas, uh, which is a small Division three football school. Um, actually, now Division One, they they made the jump. So growing up, I've been a huge, huge, huge sports fan. Grew up playing sports. Baseball was. Um, my go-to, that was my best sport. But realistically, I was a very, very, very average, you know, high school player. But what I always enjoyed was the statistical side of, of sports, right? The analytics of it. And that's quickly turned into fantasy sports, sports gambling, right? Building models to try to beat sports books uh, and all that. So my background is really filled with a mixture of sports analytics and, and investment-related products. And some pretty hardcore math formulas, too, if I had to guess a little bit here. <laughs> Yeah, that's what, it was always one of those things, you know, when I was in college, I was learning all this, you know, great math stuff, right? Linear regression, all this good stuff. And I was building my own models, right? Be, I thought I was way smarter than I, than I certainly was, like most college students do. So I was like, man, I'm going to beat the books. I'm going to take them for, you know, for all their worth and all that stuff. So I've always enjoyed, you know, the gamified aspect that go along with sports for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. So you were an actuary, which obviously is a career path unto itself and a lot of years studying math. You pivoted, took a left turn, and now you're running Symbol. Uh, wondering if you can just talk a little bit about your journey transitioning from that career path that you were on into becoming an entrepreneur and ultimately co-founding Symbol. Like, what was that sort of transition like for you? And what was that, I guess, aha moment that sort of prompted this uh, in the first place? Yeah, so there, there's a couple things that went into the transition from leaving, you know, a very stable nine to five job, making a, a good living and all that to, you know, the, the ups and downs that go along with founding a, a startup. So I, I do come from a family of entrepreneurs. My mom runs her own business. My brother runs his own business. So it's sort of in the blood that for sure that 
um, very entrepreneurial spirit growing up, right? The whole lemonade stand into, you know, garage sales into eBay with trading cards and, and all of that stuff that went into it. So definitely had an entrepreneurial background. It was always something that I wanted to do was found a company, you know, and try to try to scale and go through the venture capital world and, and you know, make the next great consumer product was always the goal. Um, the aha moment really came right at the start of, of kind of the COVID pandemic, which, uh, you know, if you talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, that's sort of the aha moment for a lot of people of, you know, we went, for, I went from being in the office with coworkers, really having good time in the office to being remote and being isolated in, in a two bedroom apartment where, you know, I slept in one room and worked in the other room. And that was my life. I went back and forth working this, you know, nine to five job. That's where it really hit me is like, okay, is this what I want to do for the next, you know, 40 years of my life? Like, am I okay with that? And I sort of made a conscious decision that I wanted to do something different. Um, not that there's anything wrong with, with working nine to five, because I was probably 95% chance that that's what I was going to do. But with the pandemic, you know, with a lot going on and you know, a lot of emotions and stuff like that, I thought it would just be a good time to kind of take a leap uh, into, into this idea that I've had of a stock market for sports. So that was sort of the, the, I guess, the push that got me over the edge. But there was, yeah, there's a little bit more background into, you know, why symbol, why did, why a stock market for sports, which we can dive into if you want to. Yeah, let's go there right now. So let's just talk about symbol high concept. What is it? And sort of what made you think about it as sort of that project that would, you know, as you say, be the catalyst for you to move on from being an actuary? Yeah, absolutely. So the best way to describe symbol, you know, is the tagline, the stock market for sports. So our goal is to create a platform that allows users to trade virtual shares of professional sports teams, uh, similar to how they would trade companies in the stock market, NFTs, cryptocurrency, all of that good stuff. So as I mentioned before, so my background, I was a huge fantasy sports player, big sports gambler. I've always thought it was a lot of fun. I tell the story, uh, you know, quite a bit, but uh, I had bet on the Bengals in like 2000, I think it was like 19, like 2019, I bet on the Bengals. To cover a spread, they were like 13 and a half point dogs. I bet on them. I was like, there's no way you know, this is when they went two and 14. Like, there's no way that they don't cover two touchdowns. They lost by like 31 or something crazy. The Patriots blew them out. And I was sitting there stewing, like, you know, a lot of gambling. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what was I doing? Like, why would I bet on this terrible team? Then I went on this rant, like, but I know they're going to draft Joe Burrow. I know Joe Burrow is going to be the next star in the NFL. Like, I want to own shares of the Bengals because I think they're at the bottom. And I think they're going to go to the top. So then that's where the idea really clicked is like, okay, all of gambling is focused on really one game. Like, maybe there's futures bet for one year. You can place a future bet for one year, but a lot of you know gambling is focused on one game. But I didn't want to bet on the Bengals for one game anymore. I wanted to invest in their future, and that's where the idea really clicked. Of you know why can't I you know why can't I buy shares of the Bengals and think that in three years it's going to be more valuable than it is right now? Uh, and that's where the idea really started to take shape. Of okay, you know why don't we get into this long term style of sports gaming, or why doesn't it exist, and, and why can't it exist? Uh, so that's when we really started looking into it. And then kind of the final straw that made me take the leap during the pandemic was more and more young people started getting into this crazy form of investing, right? Whether it be cryptocurrencies like Dogecoin, AMC, GameStop, right? All, all this, you know, the uh, generation investor is what some people are calling, right? This crazy investing style. And what I noticed is a lot of my friends who were getting into it had no idea what they were doing, right? They were essentially just gambling on that Dogecoin would go up, you know, from you know, four decimal places to three decimal places, whatever that even means. So then it came to the idea of like, okay, they're looking for entertainment. That's really what they're doing. They're not investing for retirement. They're not investing in a 401k, right? They're looking for entertainment. So why don't we create a platform that gives them the same entertainment value they were getting out of these, uh, you know, wild, you know, crypto and NFT, you know, style of buying and selling with something that they know a lot more about, which is sports teams. Uh, so as soon as that craze started happening, I'm like, okay, we might have something here with this, you know, stock market style of investing. And that's when we, uh, we went for it. Awesome. And 
Yeah, I'm wondering if you can just go a level deeper here, Ken, and just break down the model and I guess the mechanics of how a sports stock market works, right? What are what are the, the users buying and selling and sort of what's the instrument that I guess is being traded here? And then sort of how do you think about it vis-a-vis traditional fixed odd sports books? Yeah, absolutely. So one thing we always make very clear is that when you buy or sell a share on Symbol, it is a virtual share, right? So one hundred like when you buy a share of the uh, uh, the New England Patriots on Symbol, you're, you don't own equity in the New England Patriots, right? Nothing like that. It's a virtual share. It's a game, right? It's an online game. And we make that very, very clear. The reason uh, users own, own these virtual shares on Symbol and why you'd want to do it from the user's perspective is there's two ways to make money on the platform. So the first is what we call win payouts. So win payouts are very similar to a dividend from a company and it's paid on a per game basis. So Using a very simple example, if you want to share the New England Patriots and they win one game, you'll get a 50 cent win payout. What that win payout does is it provides an underlying economic value to those team shares. So using another easy example, if two teams are priced at $50, you'd want to own the team that earns more win payouts, wins more games, because that's a higher return on your quote unquote investment or on your share. So then what those win payouts do is it, it, it fluctuates the team share price based on you know performance or injuries or you know fan sentiment trade draft pick all the stuff that goes into making a team win or lose a game that's what drives the share price appreciation which is the second way users make money or lose money uh is you know the whole idea of share prices fluctuating in value so the whole buy low sell high or you know unfortunately some users buy high and sell low for for a loss so that is an opportunity on the platform as well but that win payout is really the driver of the underlying economic value that goes along with these shares. So the win payout could be thought of akin to a dividend in traditional stock market terms. And then I guess the underlying asset as well as the price of it, uh, you know, increases, decreases, I guess. So that's sort of the other way through which users can, can, I guess, create value from their holdings in those positions. Yeah, absolutely. So using, uh, using like the Bengals example from this past year, actually, you know, they were projected to win you know, six or seven games. I, f- I forget what their win total was from like a sportsbook perspective, but it was, it was, you know, between five and seven games. They ended up going, you know, 10 and seven, make a run in the playoffs and make it to the Super Bowl. So basically what would happen is if the market, the symbol market thought they were going to win, you know, seven or eight games, they ended up winning, you know, with playoffs like 12 or 13. They, they increased in value because people looked at that team and were like, oh, they're earning more win payouts than the market thought they were. So now they're going to move up in value because they're winning more games. That's, that's the gist of it. You know, we can also talk about the negative side of it too, of, of you know, if you have a, uh, a team like the Green Bay Pack, which is a good example from a couple of years ago when, you know, they're expected to win 10 or 11 games. Aaron Rodgers comes on and says, I don't want to play for the Green Bay Packers anymore. All of a sudden their share price goes down because, you know, users don't expect them to win as many games anymore. Interesting. You sort of commented a few minutes ago how this was conceived as a product for more long-term sort of futures type markets. But I guess we're in also in a world where you know, micro betting is the new sort of in vogue trend. And we're seeing a lot of investment being deployed into these very short term markets, right? So I'm just curious, you're positioning this as a sort of a long term market, but what's the actual sort of cadence of the transactions you're seeing from your users on the platform? Sort of how frequently are they moving in and out of these positions right now? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. We are a little bit contrarian, right? With the whole uh, everyone's going to micro betting. I'm going to bet on this pitch or this play call. Uh, you know, Jake Paul with his, uh, things called better is the, the, right. the new startup. Um, we are taking a little bit of a contrarian view with the longer form market style. So to answer your question, it, it really depends. I would say we have two types of users. So we do have users that I would call quote unquote day traders. They're people that are moving in and out of position, you know, daily or weekly, looking for the edge of, 
Um, hey, I think this team's, you know, undervalued them. I think they're going to win this game. I'm going to buy them now and then sell them at the end of the weekend uh, because I want to earn that win payout. I would say that makes up about 40 to 45% of our user base, people that are really active, you know, in a day in and day out or a weekly basis. The other side of it is your long-term holders. And that right now is about 40 or excuse me, 55 to 60%. These people are what I would call like monthly or quarterly users where, you know, they move their portfolio around to adjust with, the, you know, react to the, to the share prices. And then they might hold off for trading for a month or two and then readjust as, as more news comes out. So, you know, from that side of it, we do have two different types of users. It's kind of interesting to see how they react. Basically, your day traders are driving the market and then your long-term re- users are reacting to their moves. Being like, I think that was wrong. Therefore, I'm going to reposition it. So it is kind of a fun little back and forth. Super interesting. And then I guess from the symbol perspective, what's the business model here? And sort of how are you monetizing all this activity on the platform? Yeah, absolutely. So right now we do have two revenue sources. So the first is we charge a trading fee for every transaction on our platform. So it's 1.5% of the total trade value per side. So whether you're buying or selling, it is 1.5%. Uh, and then we also have a subscription model, uh, which we call Symbol Gold. Um, so that's a yearly subscription or monthly subscription that gives you free unlimited trading, some additional analysis data, you know, tools to help you perform better on the, on the market. So right now we do have, have those two. In the future, there are other opportunities, you know, that we, that we might look into, whether it be, you know, advertising, like sponsorships, you know, sponsoring win payouts, things like that, that we haven't implemented yet, but is an opportunity for the future. Awesome. Just curious, Ken, if you could talk a little bit about just the trajectory that Symbol's on and sort of the traction you've seen so far. And uh, I guess the sort of second part to that question would be just around user acquisition and just sort of wondering how you're thinking about user acquisition and, and I guess getting your message heard in, in, you know, generally pretty noisy landscape. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Symbol itself is coming up on our two-year anniversary. So we launched in the fall of 2020. And this was still when me and my two co-founders were working full-time at our jobs. Um, you know, I was still, uh, you know, working as an expert doing all that. And we had this really cool, what we thought was a cool idea of like, hey, if this stock market style platform existed, I would definitely play it. That was essentially, you know, what we decided. So we built it in our free time. You know, we launched it in the fall of 2020. We had, you know, I don't know, 40, 50 friends and family to start playing around on it just to see like, you know, is this, is this fun at all? Because I think we didn't know if it was going to be fun or not. This right. is kind of a brand new concept, uh, especially in the United States. We didn't know if it was going to be fun. So. That was fall of 2020. Throughout the fall, you know, we just watched the user numbers creep up. It was you know, from 40 to 50 and then 50 to 70 and 70 to 100, 100 to 120. And we weren't doing anything. We, we were, you know, posting on our personal social media, uh, but that was pretty much it. So we're like, okay, this actually might be a thing that people want to do. Let's give it a shot. And that's when we went full time at the beginning of 2021. Um, so the first half of 2021 was really focused on customer acquisition. Basically, what we wanted to do is we wanted to get enough like users and enough traction to show people like, okay, this is what we did without any money. You know, this is sort of the traction we have without any money. Give us some money so we can actually build a good product. Right. Um, Cause what, what I would say is our, our version 1.0, it was, I mean, just to be honest, not very good. Now we have a great product that I would be happy to promote to everybody. But that was really our strategy in 2021 is like, okay, can we get enough users to show enough traction to be like, this is, you know, a product that people want. That's when we started reaching out to accelerator programs. We got into a really small accelerator called uh, Generator based out of the Midwest, which is where we're stationed. We focused on them, really focused on, you know, our pitch, our story, our business model, really crafting that out. And that's actually when we got into Techstars at the end of 2021, beginning of 2022, when our program started. Um, so Techstars, for those that don't know, is a, an accelerator program. Uh, our program was a sports tech specific program, uh, which was really great for us. Um, we did that for the first, you know, three months of this year. 
uh, rebuilding the product, you know, re-innovating our, our marketing strategy, how we're going to go to outreach. And that's where we are today, um, you know, with a great product uh, and now going into the marketing uh, marketing world, which which I can dive deeper into. Yeah, as your follow-up question of, of how we're doing customer acquisition. Yeah, and I guess it's on the customer acquisition piece, Ken. How are you thinking about getting the product out there? And, and also, how do you think about this product in terms of where it sits within a sports fan's, I guess, portfolio of products they might use, right? Is this something that yeah. complements betting? Is this replace betting? Like, sort of how do you think about that? And I guess just acquiring those customers and, um, and sort of just that messaging about where this product sits within their ecosystem. Yeah, absolutely. So we, so we did just launch our, uh, our marketing strategy for the fall. So through the fall, we're advertising with Pro Football Focus, both on, on three of their podcasts. So the PFF Forecast, which is a gambling podcast, Fantasy Football with Ian, Ian Harowitz. And then they're, they actually have a podcast called NFL Stock Exchange, which we're advertising on that podcast as well. That's a pretty natural fit. Um, so we are advertising there and then also on their social media. And then we actually have a few other partnerships in the sports gambling space with, with the Ross Tucker podcast, Even Money, and then the Business of Sports with Andrew Grant. So from a customer acquisition uh, standpoint, we really have three different channels that we're really hitting hard. So the first is paid advertising through podcasts. Um, our target audience, you know, sort of that 25 to 45-year-old uh, male who's interested in sports gaming and really listening to a lot of podcasts. Um, so that's the natural fit. And then, you know, with Pro Football Focus and, and the draft, you know, DraftKings sponsors, the Ross Tucker podcast, um, just being a natural fit for sports gamblers, you know, people interested in, in laying money down. So that is our target audience is, is going after, you know, these sports gamblers, sports gamers, people that are really interested in putting money down. Now, as far as we sit in the market, it's actually really interesting. We did a, a, a user poll of our current users on, were you a gambler before symbol? Do you still sports gamble? Have you changed your sports gambling habits, essentially? And it was really, really, really interesting. So all of uh, about 60 to 70% of our current user base are active sports gamblers. They enjoy doing it. And their response was, we look at this as a complement to sports gambling, right? We, we look at this as an alternative to say placing a future, maybe put alternative placing a future, but it doesn't replace, right. you know, I'm going to bet on the Chicago Bears plus three and a half this weekend. It, what they're looking at is, hey, you know what? I really believe in Trevor Lawrence, right? So I'm going to maybe buy a share of the Jags so that in four years, if he's the MVP or you know what, I, I'm going to buy a share of the bills because I think Josh Allen's going to be really good for the next 10 years. So they're looking at it from that perspective. The rest of our users are actually pretty interesting. They say, you know, we don't really have much of an interest in sports gambling right now. Um, they look at it being like, I don't really want to place a bet that's all or nothing where at three hours, I either double my money or lose it all. Mm -hmm. So they're looking at symbol being like, hey, we look at this as a, a less variant option where, you know, at the end of the game, if the team doesn't perform the way I thought, I'm not going to lose 100% of my money, right? They might go down 2 or 3% on the market or something like that. So it is kind of interesting. We don't see ourselves as a uh, replacement to sports gambling. I don't think that's ever going to happen. We're definitely not replacing like these micro betting popping up or betting on individual games. Uh, but looking at really that long-term market, which I think is being under underfunded and underutilized right now of the amount of fandom that people want to, you know, uh, have their money active in sports. You talked a few minutes ago just about going through the Techstars Accelerator. And when you and I had our intro call a few months ago now, you were sharing with me just sort of an anecdote around how your experience going through that accelerator was basically transformative for Symbol, right? You went into it under a certain set of assumptions, let's say, and coming out of the other end of the three-month program, you said it was completely 180 degrees in a different direction with Symbol, and it really set you on the trajectory that you're currently on. And just wondering, Ken, if you can just share with folks listening a little bit about your experience going through the accelerator and maybe just generally speaking, would you advocate accelerators as an option for entrepreneurs that are maybe early on in their journeys and just sort of what value do you think they could get out of it? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I my experience in in the TechStars program and the in the TechStars Sports Tech Accelerator specifically was absolutely incredible. So I think the biggest benefit for me and and my two other co-founders we're first time entrepreneurs, first time founders. We we have backgrounds in you know finance and investments and development. You know, we have an in house CTO, so we have a lot of experience in that. But running a comp a company is a completely different animal. So. Before tech starts, we're actually talking about raising an angel round of funding uh, with some small VCs, uh, you know, some some super angels, people that you know we were trying to get some capital to go into it. And we pitched a VC that was our proper stage. They were seed round, right? They're looking for a little bit of traction, but you know, you know, not not anything crazy. And we pitched to them, and basically they came out saying like, "Hey, you have a you have a really cool idea. Like we like the idea. You are not even close to being investable. Like you're just not you're just not there yet. Like you're just you're the business isn't developed enough yet. Like you're not clean when you talk about it. Like you have a really cool idea, but you're not sharp in the way you talk about it. We just need you to think through some of some of it a little bit more. Met with those same the same VC after TechStars, and we pitched them again, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, you're way more prepared, way cleaner. I understand the vision. I understand the business model." Um, so coming out of TechStars really prepped us for. Uh, not not just raising money. Um, that's obviously a big part of, of of being a startup, but also just the way we talk about it, the way we communicate it, knowing our customers a lot better. Like those stats I gave you about, you know, our users and how much of them, you know, gamble versus not gamble, and how much of them trade daily versus yearly. I didn't know any of that. I just looked and be like, oh, this is our trade volume. This is the amount of users we have, and they're like, well, we need you to dive deeper. So from that side of it, it was really, really, really beneficial. And I think the biggest thing that an accelerator does is it makes you think about all aspects of your business. Uh, so my background is in, is investing, is in finance. So I was really focused on that part of the business, right? I was like, okay, how do the economics work on the market? How, how do we provide user value, right? What's the business model? And then, you know, I'd get questions like, what's your marketing strategy? I'd be like, oh, I don't know. That's not my area. They're like, well, as a, you know entrepreneur, it is your area. So just from that side of it, I would call it like a little boot camp, you know, like a graduate degree. So um, for any young entrepreneurs out there, even if you're, even if you're not a, a young entrepreneur, but you need a little kickstart to, to your company, if you find the right fit and, and the right mentor and the right uh, managing director of the program, it, is, it was a huge, huge, huge benefit for us. And I think it could be for a lot of people. That's awesome, Ken. Thanks for sharing your experience there. And I want to just naturally shift, I guess, to the, the fundraising journey for Symbol, right? Can you give us a sense of what you've raised to date, if anything? And maybe as interestingly, can you talk a little bit about future fundraising plans and just sort of how you're thinking about all that, I guess, as well in the current economic climate? Yeah, absolutely. So going into Techstars, so part of our accelerator program is they do provide a little cash influx for a little bit of equity. And then they also offer a convertible note, which is, you know, a form of debt, essentially, but it turns into equity. That's getting a little bit, a little bit. But basically, we raised $120,000 from Techstars itself. They invested $120,000 in our company for being a part of the program. And then in return, obviously, they got equity. To go along with that race, we did a really small friends and family round. So between the founders and just some, you know, some people we knew in the community, some small angels that are interested in in sports tech startup, we raised another hundred thousand dollars. So in total, we're we were sitting at uh, like two hundred twenty thousand dollars raised. What I would call like a pre seed or friends and family round. So with that, we built out our product version two point We relaunched the mobile app. Uh, we're paying for these marketing partnerships with Pro Bowl Focus, DraftKings, all that stuff. Um, to really get to the next stage of fundraising, which I would call our seed round. So our goal this fall is to raise about $1.5 million from early stage VCs or again, super angels, if they're pretty advanced or have some connections in the sports tech space, that it would be helpful for us. The environment has changed a lot from, you know, six months ago, let alone a year ago or two years ago, as far as the fundraising stuff goes. But I think a lot of that, that economic environment is really impacting the Series A, Series B, Series C companies. 
we're still an early enough investment where you're not comparing investing in Stimble to, you know, investing in Apple, right? Or Facebook or Google. Whereas if you're a Series C SaaS company, you are getting compared to those publicly traded companies because that's the stage you're at. So from our side of it, we're still pretty optimistic about the fundraising environment for these really early stage companies. Uh, but, but the advice that we've been given going into this fundraise is typically you used to raise for a 12 month period and then, you know, go re-raise and then go re-raise, just re-raise every 12 months. Uh, what we were instructed by Techstars and just their experience in the environment is, hey, maybe on the seed raise, go ask for 18 or 24 months. And then that way, you know, you have a couple of years that really show good traction before you go raise a series A where people are going to start, you know, looking at your company critically and all the numbers. Looking ahead here, September is right around the corner. And with that, the start of NFL which is obviously the busy time of year for anybody building in this space. How are you feeling going into it? And I guess when you get to the end of the season, looking back on it, what would constitute a successful 2022 NFL season for Symbol? Yeah, absolutely. So our, our big goal this fall, it's customer acquisition, customer acquisition, customer acquisition, right? So we built our product, we built the mobile app, we launched it. And now the goal is to get users and traction and, and revenue and, you know, deposit size and all that. So that when we go raise our seed round, which will happen in the next couple of weeks, couple of months, um, that we can go look at our numbers and be like, hey, we went from 13,000 accounts to 26,000 accounts in this two month span, right? So that's really, really what we're looking for this fall is, is getting users onboarded onto the mobile app, onto our website, to tell a really good story when we go fundraise of, hey, this is something that people really want to do, show that product market fit from that side of it. Uh, so that's really our focus for the fall. You know, a lot of that's already been put in motion. Like you said, we launched the mobile app, the partnerships we talked about. I think the biggest thing from us after, you know, say this initial two to three month span that, that we acquire users, it's then going back and looking at utilization, right? What did they like about the platform? What didn't they like? You know, what type of user is utilizing it the most, right? Who's our target audience? Uh, and really getting more of that data so that when we go build version three coming up this spring or, or, or you know, next summer, uh, that we have really good data to say, hey, this is why we're building this because users, you know, didn't like this. They really like this part of it. Awesome. And looking a bit further into the future then beyond this particular NFL season, let's say sort of three to five years down the road, where do you see Symbol? And I guess as well, just sort of this category that you're in, which is sort of a hybrid somewhere between betting and, and fantasy and, and stock trading. I guess this category, where do you sort of see this category in that timeline as well? And where does sort of Symbol fit within it? Yeah, absolutely. So our goal, uh, this is going to be a pretty lofty goal, but that's, you know, that's the point of being a, a sort of an entrepreneur, right? Our goal is basically to form a new category of the sports gaming, sports gambling, sports investing. So the way I look at it right now, there's uh, what I would call probably three different types of like sports gaming atmospheres, right? You have traditional gambling, you have sort of this daily fantasy aspect, and then you have this year-long fantasy side of it. And those are kind of the three main categories right now. We want to add a fourth category to that, right? We want to add the, you know, symbol stock market for sports as a, as a category in its own where like, okay, if you want to gamble on a game, you go here. If you want to you know, play around with individual players, you go play fantasy sports. And if you want to do a longer form of investing or stock market style investing, you go to Symbol. So that is our long-term goal in the next three to five years is creating this new category in the sports gaming, you know, fantasy gambling space. Um, so I think that that's a big part of it. Hopefully in five years that, you know, we're put up there next to the DraftKings and the FanDuels and the BetMGMs of the world. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and, you know, for folks listening that listen to this podcast, they know my last question of every episode, which is this. If you weren't working on Symbol, if you weren't in your previous career as an actuary, if you weren't doing anything in sports or sports tech or anything adjacent to the space in a parallel universe, what would you be doing instead? Oh, my gosh. Um, so, I mean, you're really limited when you take away sports because that's <laughs> the uh, sports tech. That's a big part of my life. I think 
this, this might be cheating of an answer. So you have to let me know if I have to come up with a new one. But I think in a different universe, I would have been like a high school math teacher, like baseball coach, right? So kind of away from the tech space and the math side, but like, you know, teaching uh, algebra, geometry, doing all that. But then, you know, at, at the end of every school day, going out on the field and, and being, uh, you know, some version of coaching baseball or basketball, something like that. Um, I don't know if that's a completely different universe because it's still sort of the math sports range. Um, but I'd say being a teacher is a little bit different than uh, operating symbol right now. For folks listening that might want to learn more about Symbol or check out the product and or get in touch with you, how would you best suggest they go about doing that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can check out our product. Uh, we do have a website, Symbol.com. That's S-I-M-B-U-L-L, all one word, dot com. Uh, if you have a, uh, an iPhone, we are on the iOS app store. So go check out, uh, download the app. Uh, we'd love to get feedback on that. We just launched it. Um, so definitely, you know, check out the product there. Uh, at Symbol Exchange on Twitter, our DMs are open. Give us a follow. We talk about the market. Um, we also are very responsive to DMs. So if you are curious, learning more about my background, more about just the company and the trajectory we're on, if you want to help us out at all, uh, really, if you are curious about Symbol at all, definitely reach out uh, to our DMs. And then also Kenneth.Giles at Symbol.app is my personal email. Um, so if you're you know really curious about my journey specifically or want to get in touch, um, feel free to shoot me an email. That's Kenneth.Giles at Symbol.app. Um, awesome. So, yeah. I'll drop all those addresses and handles in the show notes for this one, Ken, for anybody listening that wants to get in touch with you. Look, it's been awesome to chat here today and learn more about Symbol and, and learn more about the sports stock market category that you're pioneering and really wishing you and the team all the best uh, with the months ahead here and the fundraise and all the exciting stuff you have going on. And thanks for taking a few minutes to join the pod today. I appreciate you having me on, Jesse. Excited for this, uh, for this to launch. Mm-hmm.